Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Not bad. Uh, uh, that, that makes me feel better about what I get paid. Well, yeah, it takes you uh, two and a third days to work an hour. So, so whatever your uh, two and one third daily rate is, that's. Well, nine, that's nine, nine hours, have you just worked hours. out that because Tim speaks for six minutes an hour, he works one one hour every th- every two and a third days. Every two and a third. That is amazing, Tim. <laughs> Anyway, hold there. Uh, Sorry, that, it's every two and a half days. Every two and a half days, Tim works one hour. Brilliant. Yeah. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Tim, away in work, working one hour every two and a half days. Hello, Tim. Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Uh, Let's just listen. Oh, sorry. I've turned you down, mate. Here we go. Common mistake. Hello, Tim. Let's do that again. Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. I'm in the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container. There are Welshmen with pitchforks outside. (laughs) What? (laughs) And, of course, that laughing you can hear, the monotone, boring laughing, is Phil. (laughs) Hello, JB. (laughs) How are you, mate? You okay? (laughs) Yeah, good, mate. Very good on this fine Valentine's Day evening. Yeah. By the way, um, do you notice that I played the height joke on AJ McGinty? <laughs> do you... um, I did notice. <laughs> I did notice, JV. Right. Are you aware of what the height the height joke is, uh, Tim? The height joke? Yeah. So basically, men are very, very precious, particularly larger men, about how tall they are. Now, I'm about six foot two, maybe six foot three in heels or something, okay? <laughs> maybe. I'm around that range. But I say I'm exactly six foot, and the arguments that I have with people who think that they're six foot or, or, or who are who are six foot or six foot one <laughs> is incredible. So AJ McGinty wouldn't leave my house until he proved that he was as that he was six foot. So I said, you, you know, you actually can't be because I am six foot. <laughs> so he's. Well, I was a, say, that's, that's, that, that's a good ruse, and also a, an amazingly shameless name drop as well. I love it. Yeah. Well, we we do talk about rugby. So. Back, backdoor bragging. Yeah. Well, he was in here for rugby dungeon, so that that, that that's why that's why he was here. I know that. Uh, now, listen. One question: As it's Valentine's Day, if you had to date a rugby player, who'd you date? Ooh. Um. Who would I date? That's a good question. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, probably, I do. You know what? I'm going to go for one of the small French scrum halves because I think Ooh. they'd be well. They'd be quite easy to wrap in polythene and and like dispose in a canal afterwards. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I don't know. Saran. Well, yeah, one Ma- of the one of the smaller ones. Machinode. Yeah. Dupont. Para. 
Mashinode is, is cool. Mashinode is very, oh, very no, handsome. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I, I would feel... I'd feel inadequate next, next to Mashinode. <laughs> You'd definitely be taller than him. Uh, well, yeah, he's not going to be falling for the six-foot game. <laughs> what about you, Phil? Um, oh, I was uh, admiring uh, Francois Houhard over the weekend um, in his guiding Worcester to their victory at Sandy Park. He's a hell of a specimen. And he could drive me around in his Lamborghini. Mm. What? Yeah. He's got a Lamborghini that he constantly posts pictures of on uh, Instagram. Oh, does he really have a Lamborghini? Does he drive that into the car park at six ways, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. That is Marland Yard levels of spending there. <laughs> it's serious <laughs> levels of spending. Upwards of 200 grand's worth of car. Oh, my God. Hmm. Now, I know you're too sensible to do that, Phil. I'm actually too sensible to do that. <laughs> Tim? <laughs> no. Well, especially where we live. I could, I could have a car... Just parked off the road on my driveway, and it would still get bashed up. <laughs> yes, yeah. Round here is a nightmare. Mm. Terrifying of spending money on a car. Uh, I would go. Do you know what? I wouldn't go for necessarily for his looks, but just for for pure uh, bants and just being one of the warmest, kindest. James cars. Haskell. Sensitive. No, no, no. Donna Crow Callahan would be my choice. Another Worcesterman. Hmm. Mm. Um. Where were we? Oh, we were because because we were watching some of the rugby in. Madrid yep. over the weekend there was an Irish feed for it and I noticed there was um, I, I didn't catch the title but it was some cooking show or culinary talent show with Donico Callahan. was there? yes but on Irish TV on the Irish TV how feed how come I didn't notice it? was I too busy talking at you? Uh, <laughs> talking or tweeting one of the two things Ah, interesting. I, d- I did not see that. So if, if well, you're aware I'm, I'm of it... Look into that one. Yeah, if you're aware of it, point us in the direction. Excellent. Uh, so, so I suppose the point of this one is it's a midweek domestic podcast, but very briefly, can we just... Go, and I'm, we don't... We do not want to go into it, and I'm not do trying we not? to investigate that. Shall we not do we it do then? We do not want to go into it, but can Let's we not just, do it. just very it. briefly skirt around the whole TMO thing with yes. uh, world rugby... Yes. Coming out and and having a comment on whether it should have been a try or not, and Eddie Jones not being happy about that, and Rob Howley bringing it up in a press conference. Where do we stand on that? I don't want to bring it up, Phil. <laughs> um, my question is: I've not, I've only seen Rob Howley say World Rugby have said that it wasn't, it was a try. I've not actually seen World Rugby say. That World Rugby are saying oh, do you know that what? it was a try. I will, I will have a say. I will have a say. <laughs> you, you can't resist. <laughs> no, I, I will. And this is what I'll say. It's the most boring story I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, every game of rugby has some controversy. And if it didn't, why would we bother playing it? Uh, you know, rugby, largely, is a game of one controversy followed by another controversy by, by another controversy. Just get over it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Leave that it at that. Is the, that is the sanest thing anybody has said in the last four days. I've not really... Do you know what? I mean, I've seen it on BBC, and I've not really seen much about it on on Twitter, really. Oh, there has been quite I a mean, bit. maybe he yeah. has on the egg chasers. No, no, seriously, I, so, I haven't so, really. Listen, I, I went on Monday morning, I got a call about half past seven in the morning from someone at BBC Wales who'd seen a tweet that I put out and co- contacted me, called me up, managed to get my number, called me up and said, could you come on the Jason Mohammed show at 9am? Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. Good so lad. It, at 9am, I went on as, like, an Englishman with all these Welshmen just absolutely ah. going for me. Ah, now it's all becoming a little bit more clear. 
Right, okay, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, and yeah. what kind of feedback did you get? Oh, they well the the whole thing about the it's so weird the the myopia that just the one eye that people will look through they'll they'll go yeah 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 it might have been a knock on but actually that's not important it was a try. All uh, grounding. So but, I'm, um, I've been thinking about this. I'm not convinced it was a knock on though. Anyway, I, I'm not convinced that the the finger made the ball go forward. Or that I'm not even sure if his finger touched the ball. It might have touched his thigh. And the finger all might have made know, it go if, sideways. All I know is if, if the TMO was judging um, a knock-on, and that was Johnny May on the left wing, um, and uh, and, it, and it meant England won the game, where there would have been exactly the same outrage. Hang on, sorry. I don't care about <laughs> any of the subject. <laughs> no, I just, the one thing I will say is I don't like uh, world rugby um, coming out and making statements, whether they whatever they said. Um, well, and I don't like that Rob Howley brought it up in a press conference. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you in principle, JB, which is get over it. And that, and I'd be, and I would want someone to say that to me if I was get uh, over it, get I'm, over it, bleating on. T- tell him, Phil. Yeah, let's get over it. It's a good yeah. point. There you go. Yes. Uh, yeah. So why are we here today? What, what was the point of this podcast? Midweek domestic podcast. M- MWDP. Excellent. Uh, should we talk about last week's games then? Well, given that so much time has passed, do we want to go into I'd, well, I'd suggest we don't go into any depth about mm. last week's game. But, but I'll tell you what I'm maybe, ex- Yeah, maybe pick up a few of the key talking points. Like, oh, Right, okay, so I'm going to tell you some talking points. And, and shall we get into some rumours as well? Well, there's been quite a bit of transfer activity this week. That's, That's exciting. So, I've got some rumours. Okay, so the first rumour, which I can tell you is categorically not true, allegedly, is <laughs> Sel, Sale might be getting a tight head prop. And Longy Monopo- Monopola, how do you ever say him? Lagovi Mulipola. Thank you. Wow, I butchered that name. Um, <laughs> he allegedly was coming to sale. That doesn't look like it's happening now. Uh, so maybe they had a look, maybe they didn't. But if Dave, Den- Dave Denton is going to Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, eh? So um, where are Leicester in the table? Eighth? Uh, eighth or ninth, yeah. So Leicester... Uh, Planned, plans to improve their 8th place team is to take two players from the 11th place team. And that, to me, stacks up nicely. <laughs> um, I am pretty uninspired by this. I'm not, actually. I think Will Spencer... I know Will Spencer, is, I am in, uh, that is a good signing. That's a great signing. And it isn't just David Denton. Now, I'll talk more about him in a minute, but it's David Denton and it's also the lad from Wasps, um, Thompson, Guy, Guy Thompson. Yeah. So actually, what they lack is a ball carrier, and now they've got a bit of depth at ball carrier. I'm not that. I'm not that adverse to it actually. But yeah, no, they're they're okay. But they're um, Guy Thompson's an absolute workhorse. Got a brilliant engine on him. Good carrier. Kind of, a, a, kind of can play any position in the back row. Um, but they have they they still. Dave Denton just strikes me a little bit as Calamophony Mark II. Interesting. So Ex- exactly my thoughts, Tim. <laughs> exactly my thoughts. I've got a question for you: Is Dave Denton a good player? Will we ever w- work out if he is a good player? Uh, well, when he goes to Leicester, we'll have another chance of him being in what should be a historically good team, mm. like when he's, when he was at Bath. Yeah, he didn't really do anything at Bath. Nothing. Um, I'm. I am certain. He's an exceptional athlete. I'm with you here. He's enormous. He's fast. He's strong. He's explosive. Good hair. Great hair. <laughs> I'm not sure he's a great rugby player. Yeah. Because I've, I've just never seen... I've seen the the individual parts. I've never seen it all put together. Yeah, you see flashes, don't you? So, like, a yeah. few years ago, he was excellent for Scotland. 
And then he sort of is okay for Edinburgh, and then he goes to Bath, and he doesn't cut it, and then he goes to Worcester, and nothing really. But then he plays well again for Scotland. Yeah. yeah. And now he's gone, gone to Leicester. So, who knows? I can't well, help, I can't help but... Fi- be- oh, sorry, go, go on, Phil. Well, I was just going to say, they've got Calamophony, um, Guy Thompson, and Dave Denton. I can't help but feel that they- this is exactly the same as the uh, Harlequins hooker problem for the past few years. Mm. They've got three okay ones and if you put all of the skill set of all three together you might get one good one yes but they don't have for the money that they're spending on those three they could get one very very good number do you know eight. what the difference is between the harlequins hooker problem and the leicester carrying problem uh go on what's that noise i don't know can you hear that yeah anyway here is here is the difference the difference is you can only play one hooker at the one hooker at a time true you can play well, three back rows at Quinns frequently play two hookers at the same time. That's how bad their, ho- their hooking <laughs> options are. <laughs> so, you know, the, but yeah, that is a fair point. Yeah, you, know, you can play all three of them. And also, they give you dynamic, different dynamics, don't they? Yeah. So they've only got Brendan O'Connor, who I really rate as like a traditional back, back, back row operator. Uh, and Will Evans, I guess. Yeah. As, as the, they're both kind of the Fetcher style open sides. But they can put out a big ball carrying back row. It's certainly a big abrasive back row if you include someone like. Uh, uh, Mike Williams too. So you'd have Mike Williams, you'd have Guy Thompson, and you'd have David Denton. That's a, that's a pretty abrasive, pretty Zimbabwean back row. <laughs> abrasive, potentially a little bit lumbering, but well, no, maybe not. No, Guy Thompson's the one that I'm really excited about for Leicester next season. Mark Bakewell is the new new forwards coach that's going to be overseeing them. Yes. Now this wasn't announced, was it? In Excuse Fest 2018, which was the Leicester <laughs> the Leicester board meet the fans on Monday. Did, were you following this on on Twitter? I was aware of it happening, yeah. Hang on. Yeah, so Excuse Fest 2018, and I'd like to know everyone's views on this, because I've had some thoughts, was the the board, I think the chairman Peter Tom attended, certainly the coaches did, and they explained basically why they're eighth this year. Now, the few things that I found weird was, who's Jed Glynn? I mean, like, uh, I know who he is, but why does his job not exist in any other club? So what is his job? Because I don't, I don't know who he is. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked. So there is the there is the chairman of Leicester Tigers, who is Cohen, right? And then there's head of rugby, who is Jed Lynn, who was formerly a scout, and looking at his past, he was a good rugby player, but never a top-level rugby player. And it seems to be he's in charge of the recruitment. He's almost like a director of rugby, I'd guess. Like, so head of, head of rugby. Yeah, but not a well, director. I suppose bearing in mind uh, Wasp's indiscretions um, with not a breach, it was described as an overrun on their salary cap. I think it's probably quite a complicated um, plate to spin. Uh, well, maybe, yeah. But I'd understand if it was chief accountant, you know, or something like that. But from what I understand, it's somewhere between Simon Cohen and Chad Glynn. These are the lads that go out and choose the players. So that's something. Now, the other thing which came out of Excuse Fest 2018 was, basically, it's, it's all Cocker's fault. So they were saying, yeah, since uh, I've taken over, this is um, from Matt O'Connor, the game has got more physical, it's all more about more about collisions, and because of the squad we have, uh, we couldn't compete. Well, that's weird, because, you know, they've been to the playoffs, what, last two, three, four, five... Oh, 13. 13 years! Yeah, 13 years. <laughs> but uh, since Matt O'Connor took over, no, uh, no, it's completely changed. Well... Yeah, he actually says law changes in the game have made it about collisions more than ever. 
uh, and given the recruitment in recent seasons, we're a bit shy in that area. So blaming his predecessor. Yeah. I I, well, I don't think that's totally unfair for the reasons we were just talking about in terms of back row. Well, look at the back row. Look at the back row, Matt O'Connor. I mean, yes and no, okay. But everyone's back rows were basically the same before the law changes, and the good teams have stayed the good teams, and the bad teams have stayed the bad teams, except for Leicester, who have dropped down to eighth place. So I'm not necessarily thinking that he's got that got that right. And as the coach, he should somehow make. I mean, if if to be a rugby coach, all you need is big players to win the to win the contact. Well, then I'll do it. And I'll go and buy some big players, or you can go and be, go and coach and do better than eighth with a massive squad. That would be my that would be my view at least. So they're also building a car park. Yes. Now this or, is the big news. Or not building a car park. Yeah, one of the two. Oh, I love it. Phil's got some construction news into the podcast. <laughs> of course. So th- there's going to be a development adjacent to uh, Welford Road that is mm-hmm. going to release some funds for them. They're not developing it, though. Yeah, now I understand so this is because, um, due to law changes, Richard Cockrell um, <laughs> made a lot of congestion at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Rich, Richard Cockrell messed up the planning permission first, yeah. first time around. Uh, and now Leicester Tigers have sold that land and a developer's doing it properly. Which is great news, isn't it? Yeah, thank, all thanks to uh, Matt, Matt O'Connor. Matt O'Connor. Yeah, he, Matt. he sorted the whole, or is sorting the whole mess out, and it'll be finished in maybe two seasons' time. Yeah, if we're only... Go, we're, we're going mega niche. We're going mega <laughs> niche here. Oh, yeah, I think that's fairly <laughs> mainstream. Deep dive into it, the inner runnings of Leicester Tigers. Well, why don't we talk about Richard Cockrell? <laughs> because he's been rather busy this week. Uh, releasing players and signing players. Yeah, basically just binning players. So he's um, he's binned Dun- What's his name? Uh, I'll say Dun- it's not Duncan. What's his name? Duncan, Duncan Weir. Duncan, Duncan Weir. Weir. Yeah, it's Duncan Weir. He's joined. The Nicholas Wonder. He's yeah. he, he's joined uh, Worcester, and so is uh, Cornell Dupree. Cornell Dupree. Mm. Cornell McPreer. Now I don't really know much about him. Is he any good? Uh, he started last weekend when they got hammered against Wales. Hmm. Uh, so on the and then he got immediately dropped. So on that basis, no. not so much. And Sam held held the go Klein. Yeah, Sam, like, yeah, held go Klein. Now I'm surprised that one. I thought they might quite like him, but apparently not. Hmm. But they're joining a Worcester side that looking very likely to still be in the Avicii Premiership next season. Yeah, after oh. a, an amazing win at Sandy Park. Now when I saw the score, Exeter five, Worcester six. And I hadn't seen any pictures or video. I just assumed it was like rain coming in sideways, bog. Um, the conditions were all right. Well, I mean, they're either playing at Sandy Park, which is a nice pitch, or on four on four G or three G. So it looked pretty. Oh, it was at Sandy Park. Oh, but, was I mean, it? Just it was... the score five six. Yeah, really hell. I've I've watched the highlights of this, and it was pretty blustery. It's very blustery, actually. Um, Penal missed a penalty from basically directly in front of the post. Did he? Uh, at least a good chunk of the miss was down to wind. Um, Oh, okay. But it, it wasn't that bad. As in, it wasn't a bog. It wasn't hammering it down. It wasn't snowing. Uh, so a bit surprising. But from the, from the highlights I've seen, Worcester looked pretty good. Exeter and highlights is in the loosest sense of the word because in a 6-5 game, it's pretty limited. Mm. Um, but Worcester, they defended manfully. They defended very well. Played the ball in the right part of the field. And it's a hell of a, hell of a victory because... As we've spoken about previously, Exeter don't lose that many players on international weekend. No, they don't. I mean, it's getting that way slowly, isn't it? It is, and they lost two props. Uh, They lost Noel and they lost Simmons. But their backup props are bloody good. And Noel's hardly played um, 
for Exeter this year, or he's not played as much as he normally, probably not their normally best, does. He's probably not their best winger this year anyway. Oh, he's and they signed Santiago Cordero, who made his debut. Yeah. Debut. Yeah, exactly. So, he, he, they do lose players. Their squad depth is excellent. Mm. Uh, so, this is a great result for Worcester. And it does... Really amazing. Uh, and, on, and on that, that they, they don't lose Don Armand, but Sale Sharks lose Sam Moore when there's a, uh, <laughs> when there's a back row injury. They certainly do. <sighs> That's the tricky I mean, one. Before the Six Nations, when we were talking about who the squads might be, I remember I, I, I brought up Sam Moore as a potential bolter for Wales. I just assumed he would did end you? up wearing... Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, go back and listen. I, I just assumed he would, um, he would end up wearing the red of Wales. Well, I his never. Dad, sh- his dad was his dad. No, his uncle was Wales captain, and his dad played for Wales. Yeah, I never assumed that because I've encountered him a couple of times at Sale, and like, you know, he was England schoolboys all the way through. He's captain England in twenties. So Ross Moriarty. Yeah, that's it. Well, this is the direct comparison, I guess. His uncle and dad both played for Wales, and Gary Graham was uh, Scotland age grade all the way through. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, it kind of seemed like a bit of a slam dunk that he would play for England. And if he ever went to Wales, it would be it would be a massive coup for Wales rather than the other way around. 20, there's 26,000 reasons why you pick England, isn't there, anyway? Yeah, and also there's the fact that you play for Sale Sharks and EPQ is important. You know, and, and, and to keep your EQ, EQP, or oh, uh. England qualified player status in a premiership club, yeah, that, that does uh. matter, and rightly so. It, sh- it should be... Uh, and I'll, I'll remember who said this to me, but when they said it, I thought that's it. And I might have said it before. It should be if you're put up by firing squad and they say what nationality are you, that should be who you play rugby for. Hmm, interesting. Oh, Sam well, Moore would say Welsh. As we, anyway, hang on, hang on. I just want to know about that firing squad business because can you can you get it wrong? Because presumably, presumably you can't. No, no, no. It's just like as in if if like you uh you're I don't know whatever you would say in that scenario, right? Would, uh, well, I don't know, whatever the scenario is, but if there's a situation where you just had to give a gut instinct reaction without EQP, without money, just on your emotional, where your heart is, um, what's your nationality? That's who you should play rugby for. So they used to talk in the... Oh, I've, I've heard stories of from the Second World War when there were spies infiltrated into other countries. Mm-hmm. And these spies could have no accent, could speak... So let's say it's a Russian spy in Germany. Yeah. Speaks perfect, perfect fluent German with no accent. Can keep up for years on end. That pretends that she is a German woman. Or he, we must discriminate. Or he. Well, well, the hang un- on, only two genders is a little bit off, mate. But carry on. Well, apparently, <laughs> and the reason I'm saying a woman, apparently, one of the reason, one of the ways in which spies were found out was under the greatest pain known to man or woman, yeah. which is childbirth, and they couldn't help. So there's apparently a case of spies revealing their true uh, language and identity, screaming in pain from childbirth. Is that right? So all we need to do wow. is get Sam more pregnant, mm. <laughs> give give him an anaesthetic-free uh, delivery of a child, and this then we'll know who he should be playing for. Uh, well, th- yes, and also going back to Tim's firing squad thing, I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. <laughs> Providing that like one in five randomly die, because otherwise there's going to be no there's, <laughs> there's going to be no, no pressure. Threat, is there? There's going to be no pressure. It's all <laughs> yeah. just for show. You're right. It's kind of like right. I, I I often think the same thing about um, uh, what what is that stupid thing which pe- people do? It's like a run in a field. What's it called? 
Uh, tough murder. Tough murder. Oh, right. That, that one. <laughs> yeah. Tough murder should have a mandatory uh, death rate of 5%. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not a tough murder, is it? <laughs> it's not that tough. Yeah, it's not tough. If it's a 5% t- chance you might die, yeah, okay, I'll sign up for it. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I'm sure a lot of people love it, JB, but um, I, I had to do it once for work. They did, you run p- pl- did you run past a burning hay bale? They, uh, yeah, they sponsored the breakfast show um, that, that I was working on, and part of the deal was that I had to go and do one with a little like a GoPro strapped to me, and oh. uh, it, it was pretty soul destroying stuff. Like, uh, yeah, forced it, fun. It's all about. It's not about fitness or anything, or or a, a physical challenge. It's about uh, a Facebook profile picture. Yeah, yes. now we're talking. That is right. Um. Two other bits of transfer news that I just want to mention. Or yeah. th- there's there's more than this actually, but uh, Northampton, a bit of news. Yeah, it, in both directions coming from Northampton. One being Kieran Brooks is leaving to Wasps. Is it confirmed? It's not confirmed, but that's what I think. That's why I believe it is. Not not to your beloved Sale. No. Oh, that'd be interesting. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it's to Wasps. But they're bringing in a replacement for George North. Um. N- oh yeah. Presumably going to be smaller. Yeah. <laughs> well, virtually every winger in the world is smaller than George North. Yeah, so virtually Jeff Hassler, something like that. <laughs> uh, Takeli Nairavolo. Oh, oh, so not smaller, not smaller. In fact, considerably bigger. One of one of only a couple of uh, wingers, both of Fijian origin, who are bigger than George North. Yeah, he's uh, what do you say? One hundred twenty-four kg? Is it? Uh, I think he's more than that, to be honest. Really? Let me see what he's officially... Yeah, he's he has offic- slimmed down a little bit recently. He's officially listed at 123 kg. Goodness me, that's massive. 6'4", 19.5 stone. I think it reminds me of 6'4", though. Uh, I think I think he's heavier than that as well. I haven't so, seen him. Obviously, Northampton quite like George Ford from... Sorry, George North from, what, three years ago? Yeah. And they're going for the same again. Good for them. Absolutely, yeah. But he's 26. He is capped by the Wallabies, uh, unfortunately, um, because he should really be playing for Fiji. I mean, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It it could be a very good sign, and he could be very dangerous next year. Um, we've, do you know what we missed from the Six Nations podcast? Go on, France's flight. Oh yeah, <laughs> indeed. So this is an interesting bit of news that emerged. It was about midday Monday, wasn't it? When they were frog marched off the plane. <laughs> Way. You love your puns. <laughs> Go on. Well, so I know what I've read, but what I've read is several conflicting reports. Well, I got a phone call uh, with a report, which I don't know if I should repeat, really. But Just don't uh, say where it came from. Um, It seems to be... That a couple of boys got into. I don't know, how would you an encounter with with a girl, and everyone who was in that encounter has now been kicked off the French squad. The police have said nothing illegal happened. However, Jack Brunel has said this is not becoming of a French international, and you've not done your nation proud, and therefore got rid of them all. So good. So this is kind of um, like there are parallels with um, Iren Smith. There is, uh, but this is far more egregious in, in my mind. I mean, they have let themselves down and they've let their shirt down. Uh, yeah, And these are good players who are playing well. But do you know what? Maybe well, it was this lack of dis- discipline within the French camp which has led them to the disaster which they are. 
Well, we can't, we can't make, we can't say, we can't have any moral equivalence without knowing factually what did or did not happen. Well, we do know or this. what did happen. We do know this, that Jack Brunel has taken harsh action. So let's assume something not befitting of the shirts has happened, which, you know, that's fairly safe to say. And, that, you know, I quite like the idea that, the, that someone's going to install some standards and some discipline to, to the team, particularly if there's eight lads beha- uh, behaving the way they were. So What about letting the boys play? Uh, yeah, I guess there is that, isn't there? Um, yeah, like the boys... Oh, oh! I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you something else as well. Uh, two, of the, two of the Scottish under-20s under, under under coaching staff have been suspended for a late-night incident in my hometown, how did know, after uh, the Scottish <laughs> under-20s played Wales under-20s. At uh, RGC's ground. At right? RGC's ground in Aries Park. <laughs> Any more details? We turned uh, into the uh, News of the World rugby podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the Wales Online rugby podcast, mate. Yeah, no, this is on. Um, I tell you, what, this is on BBC website. So open that website. Uh, Nicky Walker and someone else has been suspended temporarily uh, following an altercation in a late night uh, pub uh, in I did know, which is my hometown. Yeah, just was... uh, just uh, a lot along with the, the the French scenario, and to say to this one, suspension is not an uh, um, an implication of guilt of anything. Uh, so certainly nothing illegal. Yeah, it's well, well. We don't. We don't know. It could be that they're just conducting. All I'm saying is, what are you saying? Let's, not, let's not be a, ex, a judge and executioner. If if there's anything to come out, it will come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that, that's that's uh, this week's scandal section done. I, I guess. Yeah, no, I like it. We should make it a regular thing. If I mean, only we had some more scandal to talk about. It does. It it really does uh, decimate the France squad, though. Yeah, they're so deep. Though, have you seen the like, guys they've, they've called up? Well, so I'll I'll just read the list because there's, there's a few good names that've been called Sorry, up. Sorry, can I just make some other point about this France thing, right? Um, it's the sheer range of of, of individuals involved in this activity. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's yeah. Caught my eye. So, <laughs> so, shall I read the list of players that are, have been dropped from the squad? Yes, please. So, Bellu. So he's what? Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dante. Dante. Okay. Ituri. Lamarat. Lamarat. Okay. Lambi. Lambi. Lapandri. Okay. Makalu. Yep. Pickamoles. <laughs> so he's like thirty something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> King Louis, what are you doing? And. Uh, Probably most frustrating for French fans, the exceptional Teddy Thomas. Yeah, there is literally a lad in that group from every sort of rugby generation involved in that <laughs> squad. <laughs> like you'd have thought they'd be, you know, a little bit cliquey, but no, they're um, obviously very close to the group. Yeah, but there's because the, did you see the Montpellier's um, announcement around this? No, and this is not Montpellier. The rugby club or the French town. This is Montpellier's, the company that owns bars in Edinburgh. Oh no! <laughs> but they so they were. <laughs> I know it was a bit confusing when I read this first. Time. I was like, what, "What are Montpellier doing about this?" Oh no, it's a bar chain in Edinburgh. Okay. Uh, so they're in Tiger Lily, which I believe we were in in over the summer, Jay, in one of our trips up. Oh, were you there? No, I wasn't there. No, you weren't there. I believe I was there. Uh, no implication of guilt, of course. No, nope. on, on my part, um, they said just made a completely bland statement and said they were there. They were perfect gentlemen. There was no trouble at all that they saw. Oh, that's good. Which is yeah, great. So, but there, there's 
completely conflicting stories from everywhere that I've looked on this. So I don't know what to believe. Mm. Oh dear. Oh dear. Interesting. I wonder if they'll get called up before the next game. Like, okay, we've punished you. Come on, boys. Or if Jack Brunel's serious. Well, he, he, so he's brought in replacements for all those players. Yeah. And they're good replacements, too. There's, just, there's some very good well, replacements. Well, the, they're big names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest names, Bastereau, Ficou, Gautier, Tanduk, Grosso, LaRue, Taufifinua, and Tranduk. Yeah. So, some big names. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see if it translates into discipline on the field, because, yeah, France not famed for discipline on or off. Yeah. And it could just be, of course, that um, maybe we're going to hear some stories, you know, like... Bastero um, falling over and um, hitting his head on a coffee table kind of stories. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So that yeah that let, yeah let's um, move away from uh, France's in indiscretion. Let's go well, back to the Premiership. Well, actually, just well, on... scand- in terms of scandal section, some some people uh, have tried to make it a scandal. I I don't believe in any way it is. But wasps going over the salary cap. No, no scandal. Oh well, the interesting bit was the penalty. So they. They are penalised fifty pence in every pound they went over. Yeah, so, so if four- and that's a sliding scale as well. So if you go up to fifty thousand pounds over, and the reason wasps went over is because uh, one of the agents who has several of their players on their books moved from overseas to the UK, which upped their suddenly VAT was in, included, and you're working on a projection basis where you're oh, anticipating what you're going to spend. So they went, what was it, £40,000 over? Something like that, yeah, 40-something. And, uh, and it's 50p in the pound, like you say, £20,000 fine as a result, or penalty. Uh, if you go over £50,000, it it's, it's, it's £1 for every pound. Why has... And then, and then there, is amount, there is an amount where if you go over by that much, it's £3 for every pound you go over. Ooh. So why has Dave Atwood gone to Toulon? What's the official reason? Uh, recovering from injury, so rehabilitation uh-huh. to get his head right. Uh, is that what you've heard, Tim? Well, that, that, that's what that's what Bath and Dave Atwood said. Didn't mention that they might have gone massively over the salary cap and needed to get him off the books, because that is the conspiracy theory, which has a, a lot of legs at the moment. Hmm, interesting. He'll be a highly paid player. He is a highly paid player. England money. Yep. So um, that's why he's been shipped off to Toulon, which makes more sense because he's a hell of a player as well. But he's he's hardly played, has he? No. So that's uh, probably a good reason to let him go, even though it's on loan, is it not? It is. Yeah, he's back next year. So yeah, that's a that is what I've heard. That is a conspiracy theory. Interesting theory. Yeah, my phone's been very busy for the last few uh, <laughs> few days. Hmm. Shall we talk about this? As, week? As, as for what's on the field, so you doubled down on England downfall 2018. Yep, that's happening. Um, uh, you're going to have to address this, where you have been highly critical of Wasps. They're they're, they're reliant on Danny Cipriani. Yep. Um, they were outstanding. At were the they? Was Danny Cipriani good? He was very good. Uh, yeah, oh, right. he, was, he was. He was very good. But they played for 60 minutes with 14 men and put in a, a hugely spirited defensive effort as a team kind of um, and uh, Danny Cipriani after the game said that that was the, the defensive effort from guys like Jack Willis who is looking to be an absolute star in the making he um, does look good with a bedrock so the sort of flaky or frail vibe you might have got of wasps I don't think it exists and 
No, with I mean like, my with players like Elliot Daly to come back in and just um, to reiterate, my criticism of Wasps is they are Danny Cipriani centric. They're very reliant on him, and they rely on him to create everything going forward. And when he isn't ticking, that's that's their problem. And I think they rely too much on talent, not on systems. So and nothing really changes my mind after that Harlequins defeat. I'm afraid, or, or victory, I should say. It was a it, it was it was a big team effort. I would say that was a team win. Mm. Um, not not reliant not reliant on well, um, on, on individuals. Oh yeah, well that's the other thing. Danny Cipriani's announced that he's leaving Wasps, and we never talk, spoke about that. He is leaving Wasps. Um, that's fairly old news now, but I have no idea where he's where he's going. Lara Shell seems to still be the favourites. Mm. Japan and France. Yeah, is that what you think? Japan. Well, that's that's what's being mentioned. Ah, I wonder if Sale Sharks be interested. <laughs> Diamond's had that problem before. Yeah, I don't think Diamond needs any more. Um, Lads like that under him at the moment. Let's put it that way. Just he's, got, on, he's, got his hands, he's got his hands full. I'd say so. On the Was Harlequins, it was a tremendous performance by Was. They exceptional across the board. Uh, on the other hand, very disappointing for Quins. Absolutely. I mean, is the story not here that just Quins are just? I mean, what's going on? Well, they win when it they win when it doesn't matter. They lose when it matters. I mean, what are they? Ninth, tenth? Sorry, yeah, ninth in the table. Uh, let me just confirm. Yeah, they are ninth. Leicester eighth. Uh, that's not Quinn, Quinn's ninth. Northampton. It's very 10th. congested in the middle there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. it's just not good enough. And to think they've extended their coaches' contracts too is madness, really. Uh, yes, interesting. But the hit. The, oh, sorry. The two hits from Eastman. Have you seen this? Yeah, in the same phase of play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just looked like his head had gone. Completely, certainly by the second one, and then basically want, wanting to fight every every Harlequins player on the pitch. Weird, that isn't it? Weird it, for a seasoned professional who I think if he was fit would have genuine England aspirations. Well, he's, he's played for England yeah. on a number of occasions and played well and on, a, on, a, like, on several occasions. He's one of these guys, no matter who you ask who's played with him, they'll always say he's one of the best players they have ever played with. You know, his speed, his hands, creativity, the lot. He's got he's got everything except for size. And yet he does something so stupid. So, uh, A.D. Gardner, who used to be a strength and conditioning coach at Sedgley, said he was the most explosive player he's ever played with or against. Yeah. And A.D. Gardner's played with, with and against some pretty handy players. Well, we went for a beer and interviewed Rob Webber. And he said he was just, a, just an incredible player to play with. Carl Fern says the same thing. Yeah. Everyone, everyone that's played with him says the same thing. You just can't get it together. Right, injury or discipline or, or, or I was going to say injury discipline hasn't really been something you associate with him but it, it was it was odd to see him lose his head he's got a six match ban from it yeah um, go, going back to Quinns it, it, John Kingston said afterwards that, that um, they had a really great week in training they had the game to win win on a number of occasions and they they let themselves the fans their families the club down yeah he was didn't hold back I completely agree with John Kingston. I think the time has come for a separation there. And I think John Kingston's a good, good, a good man, good coach, a championship-winning coach. But I think he would benefit and Quinns would benefit if they just went in different directions. I can't say I disagree with that, to be honest. It doesn't. It often doesn't work when you have kind of a number two or a coach stepping up into that director's rugby. Mm. It, and it, it doesn't look like it's working for Quinns. No. They're, they're not getting the the most out of what is an expensive and talented squad. And you'd imagine he'd walk into a job somewhere else. Oh, yeah. As, but not as a director of rugby. 
Yeah, I don't know actually. Probably a head coach. I don't know. It, well, it, it'd definitely get a job, but for, yeah, what the jo- that job is, I don't know. Ford's coach, head coach, but not a director. Like we can only judge his director of rugby performance on what we've seen. Yeah, and it's not particularly good. Correct. Yeah, I agree with that actually. So next week's games. Yeah. Oh no! One one last thing. Very very briefly, a, a horrible match. Um, London Irish look looking like they're potentially doomed. They could have could have should have would have all the rest of it. Um, they had a, a golden opportunity to beat Sale. They weren't on their weren't at their best, but that, so that was a that was a tight game. What other matches were there? Yes. Uh, uh, by the way, we're missing something out. Sale Sharks moved to sixth, and they were striking distance of fourth. <laughs> yeah, they Gloucester are yeah. currently in fourth, and they had a, an impressive win against Leicester. They did, yeah, it was a good performance by Gloucester, it was particularly after Leicester when uh, was it was it was two tries up Leicester went, wasn't it? Now, now what is the England situation this weekend? I.e., the players that played for England, do they get the week off? Well, there are there are seven players. Have you got that list, Phil? Um, there are what there are a number of England players that have been released back to their clubs. So you assume that's to play for their team, which is I've got it here. Hold on. Um, uh, where is it? Yeah, I've just I've just brought in. It's taken me to one. From seven the, players returned to their club. Yeah, Marcus Smith. Okay. Uh, well, he played, for, he played for Queens last weekend anyway. Luke Cowan Dickey to Exeter. Zach Mercer going back to Bath. Denny Solomona to Sale. Sam Moore to Sale. Nick Izikwe to Saracens. And Gabriel Ibatoyi back to Queens. So does that mean George Cruis is not going to play? Yeah. And Itoji is not going to play? And they don't have Billy and they don't have Farrell? Yeah. And they, don't have, way, and yeah. they don't have Wiggy? Yeah. Awesome. Well, well you, sorry, you're thinking of this from a with your sail sharks hat on. No, I'm just saying, like you know, they've got an awesome squad. Is, is I mean, they'll they'll get the replacements, <laughs> but I get to watch all of those guys come up to the AJ Bell on on, on Friday, so that'll be an interesting one. A game live on BT Sport. That is the one. Yeah. Are you working that game, Tim? No. Nope. Who is working? Do you know? No, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm I'm okay. going to go and watch it. In fact, maybe we, maybe we should all go and watch it. I'm, uh, it's, it's a rare weekend off, so I'm I'm off to um, the Yorkshire Dales, little cottage in the Yorkshire Dales. Very nice. Do you want to go and watch it, Phil? I quite fancy the Yorkshire Cottage. The, the cottage <laughs> in the Yorkshire I Dales. know, shall we all go to Tim's Yorkshire, nice. Yorkshire Cottage? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, no, I've got so some... Yeah, what, what are the games? Like Newcastle lost to Saracens. Yep. I'm just going um, to say I've got some making up to do after spending last weekend in Madrid and... Uh, Valentine's Day in the, in the dungeon. Yeah, I literally wolfed down a Valentine's meal between half seven and eight. Interviewed AJ McGinty. Then came See, do you know what? It's brilliant. So doing a radio show uh, in the evenings when Valentine's Day falls on a weeknight. What what an alibi! I just bought a ribeye steak, left it in the fridge. Oh, what what a guy! Perfect. Um, yeah, the other results: Saracens comfortably beat Newcastle. Bath very comfortably beat Northampton, whose Northampton season is just rubbish, isn't it? Done just rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've mentioned everything else. Well, Leicester. Yeah, we mentioned Leicester losing. Yeah. Who I think are a couple of may maybe there are a couple of losses away from a, a firing at this point. Well, it's interesting after the the AGM or whatever it was. Excuse Fest 2018. Yeah. You'd have to wait till the end of the season now. Yeah. I don't I don't like and even I I don't I totally dis I don't disagree necessarily with the the Quinn situation and John Kingston it does feel like they they should have 
you know, had a bit more of an, a, a revolution there after Conor O'Shea went mm. rather than just a progression. But um, so I don't disagree, but I don't like, I, I, it just kind of, there's an element where I go, bloody hell, pull your socks up, some of you, because those Queens players, some, I don't know, some of them just really, really underperformed. It's not always on the coaches. Do you think they just hate each other? <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't get on. I've said this before. There are other reasons why they might underperform. Yeah, but I actually do think they don't like each other. I think across that Quinton squad, I, I mean, I'm certain watching the body language of a, a lad like um, who's guy I always whinge about. Oh, Ka- which, Ka- which one? Kyle Sinclair. What his body language playing Since... the Quins is awful. I mean, it's absolutely awful. So yeah, I, I think there are definitely problems with it, with the personalities in that squad rather than anything else. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Leicester, a couple of um, a couple of losses from a sacking. Uh, hypothetically, if Leicester did sack Matthew Corner, who should they go for? Oh. I don't know. Do you know what? I take it back. They're not a couple of losses away from sacking because they've just appointed Mark Bakewell to be a yeah. forwards coach, haven't they? So they... I, I don't think they will. I don't. I think he's pretty much safe until at least halfway through through mm. next season. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, it would be an absolute shambles if they did. So I'm. I'm. I can't. I can't. I can't believe that a club like Leicester would do that. Cap in hand to Aaron Major. <laughs> Come back, Aaron. It wasn't Big that stew. bad. Big stew, yeah. Ooh. Aaron Major. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Covenant Aaron Major. Such, yeah. It does just look like such a silly mistake to fire him after four games or whatever it was. Yeah. I saw that Ashley Beck is going uh, to an English club. Which one? Worcester. Worcester. Oh, another Worcester signing. See, he's a, Ashley Beck's a perfect example of what the what the Welsh international rules should be. He's spent 10 years in domestic Welsh rugby. If suddenly he gets good enough to get back in a Wales jersey, he should be allowed. Exactly. I, I would like the JB rule to be implemented like, almost immediately. <laughs> but, you know, people don't listen to me. I don't know why. You know. And do you know anything about Gert Small or Smart or Small or whatever? The Cardiff, Cardiff Blues are holding talks with him over the head coach position. Who? There was some talk it was going to be Jordy, Jordan Murphy at one point. Never heard of him. Who is he? No, I've not heard of him either. Is uh, he is South African? South African. Uh, he has. So he played for South Africa in the eighties. He has coached uh, rugby Revigo, Border Bulldogs, Western Province, Stormers, South Africa for three years, Ireland. Should have known who he is then. And Western Province. So can you name some players that played for Border Bulldogs? Uh, no, but I can name some players that played for South Africa. Well, I'll name some who played for Border Bulldogs. Mike Haley, Sam James, and Baron McGuigan. In South Africa? Yeah. Really? Did they do a year or so out there? Yeah, he played Curry Cup there. Wow. Oh, that's, that's the other thing I was going to bring up. Did you see the um, did you see the little video clips of England scrummaging against Georgia? I've not seen, no. I've not seen the clips, but I've read Jones's interview afterwards where he said... They learnt quite a lot from the session. I bet, yeah. Um, no, what are the clips like, Tim? They, they, it's like there's a bit of scrum porn going on there. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. How be... I spend Valentine's Day night just watching this video <laughs> on my own in a darkened room. Well, I mean, on a serious note, if you remove the running from rugby, and that's what you do in a in a scrum session, bloody hell! I mean, that Georgia team is ferocious. Yeah, and most of them are. They're probably better than England. Well, most of them are like cornerstones to top 14 meat grinder packs yeah they are 
and they don't have to do any running, any just yeah. go and scrum, boys. Yeah. And the England boys are, you know, obviously they're very, very high-end rugby players. But it wouldn't surprise me if they struggled mightily against against those Georgians. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that reminds me. So I, I forgot to mention when you were talking about George Cruz earlier. You know, he's been he's been dropped out of the squad, and Charlie Yules is back in. Ah, so he will play. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I don't know what's going on with George uh, with George Cruz. Mm. There are thereabouts. Just there's anyway. Apparently, depth. Georgia were like dominated England for the first bunch of scrums. Wayne Barnes was there refereeing, and then England started to get a bit of parity and actually won a couple of penalties at the end. Oh, um, really? Did they make him run around the field and then re-engage? Yeah. <laughs> and then poor, poor old Courtney Laws was watching on. He wasn't fit enough to take part or whatever, and he was just he was boxing on the side of the pitch watching it. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch these videos now. I can't wait. Yeah. Where where are they avail- available? I might just uh, stay down in the dungeon for another hour. Oh, I think it was the England Rugby Channel. I'll check their Instagram. Yeah, I'll I'll find them. Don't worry about you me. You'll find them. They did do a little bit of um, sort of semi-opposed, just team just team run type stuff as well. Excellent. Right, you want to see that when you got big hulking Georgian players? You you, you want to see it full blooded or nothing? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right. Shall we do next week's games? Yes. Let's do it. So, starting off in the Pro 14. Okay. Uh, Friday night. Connacht hosts Zebra. Zebra. Connacht. Zebra. Uh, Connacht. Osprey. I'm going to the Connacht ground um, for the quarterfinal. Oh, excellent. That would be I'd brilliant. love to go there. Yeah. I know, I'm really interested to go and check it out. It's going to be a cracking ground. The sports ground in Galway. Yeah, because it's right next to, to the city, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Do you know who it's owned by? Uh, that sports brand that they have on the shirts? Nope. Cool. Do, do you know Tim? Um... By the Father Ted franchise. Do you know what? That's achingly close. Achingly (laughs) close. I think, I'm pretty sure, you'll have to look it up, I'm pretty sure it's owned by, um, like, the Dog Racing Association of Ireland, or whatever you call them. (laughs) Amazing. Talking of dogs, hello, mates. Uh Uh-oh. There you go. Right, we're getting very, very distracted. Next game. Yep. Uh, Also Friday night, Ospreys versus the Southern Kings. He's going to be a home win. Yep. Yeah. Glasgow hosts Cheetahs, which will be interesting, actually. Glasgow without... Uh, a, Everyone. A, a dozen internationals. Yeah. And Cheetahs, Cheetahs are pretty good. Take 
Yeah. She is not as good on the road. Give me Glasgow. Okay. Then Ulster host Edinburgh. Ulster hosting Edinburgh. Also, jo- Johnny McPhillips. Jo- Johnny McPhillips continuing at 10. Yeah, he start- started last week and played well in the the very comfortable win over the Southern Kings. How? Okay. Ulster. Give me Ulster. Uh, on Saturday, we have... Oh, wait. That's the wrong Saturday. Uh, Saturday the 17th. We have uh, Cardiff hosting Munster. Munster. Yep. And yep. Leinster hosting Scarlets. Which, which on another weekend would be an incredible fixture. <sighs> such a shame they play it now, such isn't it? Such a joke! <laughs> it's it, so th- this will So this will actually still be a good fixture because they've both got pretty deep squads. Scarlets haven't really. Scarlets not as much as Leinster. Yeah, I mean, Scarlet's shown of their back row players, shown of their half-backs, shown of their centres, and their, you know, one of their wings, and their full-back. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not... Give me Leinster. Yeah, give me Leinster. Oh, and their whole front row. <laughs> and then the final game on Sunday, Dragons host JB's beloved Benetton. Here we go, boys. Benetton to stroll this one. Benetton, who do lose half their team... Yeah, but they and won last week. And Dragons, who lose virtually no one. Did who, they, who did they beat last week? Uh, Scarlets. Win against Scarlets. Yeah, big, big win. Give me the beloved Benetton, then. Here we go, boys. <laughs> I'll go uh, Dragons at home. Dragons. Okay, Whatever. Pre- Premiership. So, Friday Night Lights. Newcastle host Bath. Bath, who enjoyed a very good win. Very handy win. With uh, Burnsy... Mm. Uh, pulling the strings. I just don't know about Bath. I, I just can't work them out. I know Newcastle are slowly getting better, and I know they can play nice rugby. And Bath seem to win games I don't expect them to, and lose games that I don't expect to. I just don't know. Uh, I think Bath on the road might do it. Uh, Newcastle they were poor against Saracens, so that, yeah. Do you know Newcastle, what? Newcastle are very good at home. Bath are not nearly as good on the road. Yeah. I'm going to go for Newcastle. Narrow Bath. I think that'll be a ni- quite a, a nice open game. There's yeah. two two teams that can play rugby when they want to. Yeah, yeah. Narrow Bath win for me. Okay, then JB will be at the AJ Bell. Yeah, I, I will be. Beloved Sail Sharks. Ho- Sail. New, I'm, I'm going as a fan of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Sail will do this. It'd be a good one if they do. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I'm not sure they will. I, I tell a lie. And the reason I don't think so is because both starting tens are out. AJ has got a knee problem and uh, what's his name? O'Connor has got a calf strain, so he won't be playing. Are they going to play Sam James? Sam James will have to play there. And I think they'll probably go Luke James, who's very inexperienced at 12. At 12. Well, he did last week, yeah. Yeah. So What about Jennings? Jennings is fit, actually. So maybe Jennings comes back in. He's a big old boy. Actually. And um, what's going on with the, the, they're not picking Marlon Yard? What's going on there? A slight injury, mate. Slight niggle. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's just not right. Really? Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Slight injury. Interesting. Well, I hope he I hope he gets well soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, so how do we see that one go? I think. Um, no, it's, this is this time of year. Saracens start cranking through the gears. I think it will be very close. Yeah, this will be very close. I think the Sale pack do okay here. And Sale are very, very good good scrimmages. Uh, I don't think Saracens are that good. And I think they're going to they're, they're struggle. It's going to be tight. 
I think that, that much I, I can be sure of. I don't think Sale have the experience at 10 and 12 if they go with the combo that I think. There again, they do have a 10-12 combo that know each other very well. So <laughs> that, that could conversely help. And a lot's going to rest on the shoulders of Faf. If Faf can do, do what Faf does, yeah, help. some Faf magic. But the opposite 10-12, uh, Lazowski and Barrett, are pretty handy and pretty experienced. Yeah, that is not a good matchup yeah. in any way. Because I, t- I tell you what uh, they will struggle with in that channel is Lazowski's pace. Yeah. Massively with his pace. Yeah. Uh, in that case, narrow Saracens win, I'm afraid. Yeah, Saracens yeah. by three. There we go. Um, Saturday. Saturday, we have Leicester hosting Harlequins, three o'clock kickoff. Ooh. Which both teams disappointing. Huge game. Eighth and ninth in the table. Uh, Leicester at home. Who at- would you most like to see finished? Finished lower down. Ah, oh, interesting. I quite historically, I quite like both Leicester. And I like Harlequins. them. I like them as clubs. Yeah, there's no two about that. But like, it feels like certainly historically they do a lot of things well and a lot of things right. But, but from a Schadenfreude point of view, who would you like to see <laughs> down there? Well, probably Leicester for because I, I, as I said before, I don't really like the way that they brought in Major and then gave him nowhere near enough time and then just brought back O'Connor. Yeah. I think I'm with you there. They're both done. They're they're recruiting horribly wrong. One because they're far too loyal, and the other because <laughs> they're not nearly loyal enough. So uh, I, I will say that um, just, I'll, I'll just pick it on the stash, and I think Leicester's kit is not not great compared to Quinn's. So Quinn's kit uh, is very nice. Mm. Give me Quinn's on their kit. Quinn's uh, at Wel- but, Quinn's at Welford Road. Yeah, it's, that's never going to happen when in you a think, million years. When it? you think Quinn's aren't going to win? They'll do something special. Uh, I've got to pick Leicester. Okay. Got to go. I think, well, Quinn's going to have Marcus Smith and Leicester are going to have Joe Ford. So it's, um, if they, if Quinn's are going to take Leicester at Welford Road, it's this weekend. But I don't. I, I see Leicester winning this one. I see and Leicester winning it. And thereby, well, whichever team loses. Hang on, Leicester are missing both their halfbacks, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think we can probably say whoever loses this game is not going to make top six yeah I don't think do you think oh, I think it's, teams... still, it's still close they still could turn it round do you think either of these teams are making top six well th- these teams are both aiming for top four let's not forget <laughs> yes they are yes they've already failed miserably yeah. so this, this game is this game is last chance saloon for top four yeah and, if, and, and a loss is you're staring down the barrel at even being able to get up to six yeah agreed yep. with seven oh no mind you there's seven games left after this to be fair but it, it's such a competitive league at least it puts uh, Leicester in a good chance of winning sil- silverware. European Challenge Cup next year. <laughs> uh, so you two are saying Leicester, I'm saying Quinns. Then Northampton, London Irish. This is based this, on battle. This genuinely could be a, a London Irish win. Yeah, I quite fancy London Irish for this. They'll be disappointed with the sale result last week. At uh, Franklin's Gardens. Oh, yeah, why not? It's, no one's going to show up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I say that in jest, but actually, you know, the attendances in Franklin's Garden have gone down. The the enthusiasm from the fans has gone down. It isn't the fortress it was when they were top four. The the way Northampton are playing, I think it's, it is definitely possible to see an away win here, a London Irish win. Yeah, I do. You know what? I might have a little Leo Vegas flutter on that. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not. I'm not having that. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it could happen, but no. They just they just lost a sale at home. They're not going to Franklin's Gardens, where 
actually, Northampton haven't lost under Alan Gaffney. Yeah, but Sale are substantially better than Northampton. That is true. That is definitely fair. And the table reflects that. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like we'd like. Last Premiership home game for Northampton. They beat Gloucester. Hmm. They did, didn't they? Still, give me London Irish. Yeah, but Sale battered Gloucester. How on, are we talking about who's better, Sale? Yeah, I was going to say, how do we get Sale into every conversation? (laughs) Because JB JB only thinks in everything relative to Sale. Yeah, yeah. uh, I would like to see London Irish win. I would. I've got a a soft spot for them, and I I want them. But, again, I think for London Irish, if um, who have Worcester got? We'll get to that, won't we? We will, which is the next game. So Worcester host Gloucester. In our Leo Vegas... Oh, no, oh, no, we've got, we've got no, 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 no. Yeah. We're yeah, all yeah, lined up for that um, one. So so Worcester, having gone to Sandy Park, will feel very confident on home turf uh, beating Gloucester. And if, if that happens, if... Um, sorry. And Gloucester are beatable. Glo- yeah. yeah. Gloucester are another one. that They're playing some nice rugby. They are top four. Uh, but they can lose to anyone on the day. They, yeah. they conceded 50-odd points to sale, as you were going to say before. Yes, he did. Uh, and that was at a time when they were, they'd were they beaten Exeter at home and they they were winning some nice games. They beat, did they beat Saracens? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah they beat Saracens. They, they beat a lot of teams. Yeah. And Sale absolutely dismantled them with ease. One of the worst performances I've seen from Gloucester. So this could be a, Wor- a Worcester win. I like their chances. Yeah, I do. I do. God, I'm going for some uh, unlikely results this week. Nice accumulator, isn't it? Yeah. It all comes off. And then, the final game. Uh, I've not got the music, so don't, don't, don't bother with it. <laughs> You've not got the music? No, okay. I have to turn Tim up Leo down. Vegas, uh, better the week, leovegas.com. Get their app and, uh, yeah, get do some betting. There you go, done. Um, so, who have we got? We have got, repeat of last year's final, Wasps host Exeter. And Wasps on the back of a tremendous away win, 44 points, with a man down for most of the game. And they are and, and where? It's at the Rico. Yeah. And they are hosting Exeter, who are on the back of a crushing loss to second from bottom in the table, 6-5, at Sandy Park. I don't think the loss matters really to Exeter. I don't well, think that's how they operate. So I, I actually think it will spur them on a bit more. Yeah, exactly. I think, it, I think it's actually a more ammunition for them to correct the wrongs. It's probably a good time to lose. They're still not... They're still not going to relinquish top spot on the table. It's all about performance with those guys. They'll see what they've done wrong. They'll put it right. In terms of the guys I've lost, uh, Cowan Dickey's back. Uh, pretty much the whole pack is intact. Certainly the back row is intact. Halfbacks are there. I'm not, I'm not sure who they lose other than Noel and... Wasps. Um, did you see their bench last weekend? Nope. It, ha- it had on it Matt Mullen back. Nice. Um, um, Gabby Lover-Balavu. Nice. Um, Jimmy Gopeth. Yep. Um, who are Nathan Hughes? Who won't be available to them, obviously, unless he's going to get some. Uh, match surely fit- he would be though. That's match, yeah, match. Fitness. I'd, I'd play him. Get him match. Yeah, exactly. Martin. No, I think England. He's so important to England that they'll do their. They'll they'll work him in training camp, not not in a game. Yeah, it's a fairly handy bench. Oh, that that's sorry, something, something which I heard. Just talking about something completely different. Okay. So rugby league players are fit, right? Fit. Yes. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. Absolutely, in the number of um, tackles and collisions, or carries and tackles they they 
have per game is way higher than Rugby Union. Yeah, way so high, like two or three times. The hitting the deck and getting up—that is long busting stuff, isn't it? Yes. So I'm—I think it was one of the whole teams. I overheard an interview with one of, with uh, their coach, and the coach is—I want to say Jamie Peacock. No, Jamie Peacock, the other one, the other massively hard northern bloke. Uh, Adrian Morley. Thank you. It's weird, isn't it, how, how you no. know that immediately? Well, th- those two were like... Uh, Interchangeable. England props for such a long period of time, weren't they? Yeah. Hard as nails. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Adrian Morley, I listened to an interview <laughs> with him, and he was saying that they've done their pre-season, um, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's like an off-feet off pre-season. So they're not straining any of their joints, any running, anything. They're just doing all what bike to get fit. And he says they're as fit as as any team in the league, probably fitter. I can't help but think that is... So, yeah, taking some of the stress off the joints is good, but surely it's not the same. It sounds mad, doesn't it? But, yeah. you know, that's what they've decided to do. And apparently the, uh, the results have been tremendous. Hmm. I guess... I'm, I'm imagining, like, uh, Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four, just in some laboratory, just... Uh, Getting him running round on, they're getting people running around on an indoor track and uh, running up uh, incline running machines. Exactly what I'm thinking, actually. Exactly. So I, I guess the other point is, if you've got big, hulk, big hulking men, and rugby league aren't that big actually, but for rugby union that they are, maybe getting them off their feet means they can work harder to a certain degree. Uh, if you, yeah, take... that's that, that's like. That's like that's like saying um, go and run, mm. and then when you actually go to the competition, you like put a backpack on and run. Well, it's it's more like saying you're going to be doing a marathon, but just only train by riding your bike. Yeah, well, or you're going to row across the Atlantic, but only train by riding your bike. Has anyone anyone used a what bike? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any good? Well, uh, British Cycling use them. And Brit- <laughs> Brit- oh, you've, there's a video of you using a bloody what bike? Bike. Oh, with uh, Canterbury, Will, with Will Greenwood. Will Greenwood shouting at you, shouting What's in my like? ear. So, Phil, explain to me what the point of a what bike is. What all I understand is it's effectively the same as like a spinning bike, only it, it calculates the the your output in wattage. Basically, yeah. So it, it, you can change the resistance. Resistance is uh, resistance is very flexible and adaptable, so you can change that. But it gives you your exact output in watts or calories or whatever. But it also gives you um, where your peak force is applied. So imagine uh, the application of peak force. Sorry, imagine the movement of your foot as a circle around the pedal. Uh-huh, like this. And it will tell you exactly where you are applying your force. And you should be applying a smooth uh, gradient of force from, I don't know, 90 degrees down to uh, what would be... 135 degrees ah. so from like 12 o'clock down to 5 o'clock something like that and it, it, it calculates that on both feet so you can tell if you're lopsided if your technique's smooth I, I, I can't I, imagine I, know, I can't imagine why this is of any use to rugby league players whatsoever yeah. that's that's a really poor explanation I, I don't know that much about the water but I, I use is it, it a bit true for you, fitness is it true you can't buy, it, buy one I think they're like lease agreements. I think they're lease agreements too, and they, you send them back. Kind of like you can't really buy a photocopier anymore. You can only really lease them. Mm. I'm sure someone would sell you one if you wanted one, but no one does. Everyone just leases. Okay, them. so here's a shout out to anyone listening. Can you send us a what bike? Just our principle and, and, and the, the photocopier. The photocopier. Well, 
Uh, we'll go to the Rico Arena and pick up a photocopier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we need the Watt Bike Stadium as well, wherever that is. Do you remember? And this is really going off on a tangent, but we'll come <laughs> another, back. Up. Another one. Yeah, but we'll we'll come back yeah. to rugby. Do you remember the week right that the Wasps moved into the Rico? <laughs> And it is memorable because Wasps moved into the Rico, which is a stadium uh, sponsored by a photocopy machine. And the same day, Newport Gwent Dragons tweeted out, thank you for our new photocopier. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just to kind of um, just to kind of highlight the difference was. Between the two clubs, wow! <laughs> One buys a state copiers, and then there's Scott Williams with his his water dispenser. Yes, incredible. Infre- yeah, that Just is bad. one little thing because the, the wasps, um, the Rico Arena pitch is is very bare. Okay, it hasn't been in good nick. Apparently, part of the reason for that is to to have grounds which have grass grow properly, you need wind, and there's not enough wind at the Rico Arena. Is that the true? More- the more, yeah. So there's some grounds. I think it's Tottenham. I think it's Tottenham Hotspur. Um, oh no, because they're they're building a stadium. They're old they? one. Yeah, they're at Wembley at the moment, aren't they? Well, somewhere like a, a Premier League ground, they have a, a wind machine that they just <laughs> batter the, they batter like fake Arctic wind at the grass. Why? Why does that make a difference? The, the more when it when it when it blows like that and when it's put under stress, stress, it 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 roots itself much more. Oh, is that right? So only yeah. if you can connect some watt bikes up, up to a fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I tell you what, we're, we're spying some little. Um, you don't get this on the bl- on the bloody rugby pod, do you? No, <laughs> damn right. Uh, okay, so I'm saying Exeter to win. Obviously, I'm going to do that. Ooh, give me Exeter. <sighs> Backlash. I, I yeah, Exeter won't. What, I mean, I, I was going to say Exeter won't be poor again, but by all accounts, Exeter weren't terrible. Worcester were just very, just very good. Good, um, yeah. In yeah, I, I'm saying Wasps have now got massive impact off the bench. Um, they are going to miss Nathan Hughes. Thomas Young is just this is his time of year now. As the do you think Thomas Young could move to eight? Uh. He's so fast. They've got, got Guy Thompson, Jack Willis, who was the back row, Thomas I'll Young. I'll tell you a team that he would be brilliant at eight. Uh, oh, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. It's a Scarlets. Scarlets, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is that is a match made in heaven. Yeah, it is, isn't oh, it? Goodness, that really is. Mm. He'd be dynamite uh, for them. I, yeah. I think I, I think Wasps are going to sneak this one. It'll be close. I think there's tries in it. Danny Cipriani can get them going forward. There's no reason why Wasps couldn't tear Exeter apart like they can tear anyone apart. But I think if you play this game ten times, Exeter win it seven. I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Mm. Well, Wasps have got good memories of beating Exeter on this ground in big games, so we will. Um, and they'll want, oh, yeah. they'll want a bit of revenge. The European uh, for the, for the final. quarters, yeah. Quarter final, yeah. And they want to revenge from Twickenham. So where we'll see, it should be an absolute cracker. And uh, obviously, live on BT Sport. Of course. Standard. Let's I think, go. I think we're done. I think we are done. Thank God. Let's go home. <laughs> yes. Go go and um, go and service your wives. I'm going to go and uh, stop by the uh, shell garage, pick up some roses and some chocolates if there's any left. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, if I was you, I, you've left it so late, mate. You may as well hang out here for another hour or so, wait for <laughs> her to go to bed, and then sneak home. Oh yeah, this, yeah, that's true. Although I had to do that on uh, Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning. <laughs> what a nightmare! Straight from the airport to the dungeon for an hour, home. Yeah, just after t- quarter past two. Oh, well, dearie me! Right, <laughs> yeah. On that note, I'm off. Bye bye. Later's. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.